0: Hi, this is Mish Hancock and you are listening to Mishmash a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Dr. Jim Russell. He is a licensed counselor working in clinical practice with people who are very bright, but who have learning differences. He calls his clients and students human beings as a way to get them to understand the value of person-centered communication. Welcome, Dr. Jim.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. So tell us about your background and, and how you got started in all of this.
1: Well, it's a, it's a long route, actually, uh, but so I'll, I'll do the shorter version of this. Um, I actually was in the seminary briefly. I went to school to be a social worker briefly, and I eventually ended in counseling. So I've had a couple of stops before getting to the place where I am today. Okay, Uh, And the practice uh, really has evolved from working with folks who didn't have a lot of cognitive strengths, they were autistic people, to working with extremely gifted people. So I've really worked the entire range.
0: Wow. And so when you say extremely gifted people, I mean, the people that you are working with and specialize in at this point, what do you do with them? How do you work with them?
1: So basically, it starts with an evaluation to figure out their strengths and their weaknesses. And then after the evaluation, we try to target if they're in school strategies to help them to be more successful in school mm-hmm. or if they're in the workplace to help them to be more successful in the workplace or in relationship with significant others.
0: Oh, cool. So you yeah. really, you cover the gamut. It's like yeah. giving them life skills, what we consider for them
1: to be their life skills. I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and then what other kinds of people do you work with? I mean, it's, it's is it mainly... High functioning, would that be the correct term to use? Autism? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so high functioning, uh, the term has changed a lot, you know, um, and I won't get into all of that. But um, I do a couple other things, too. I teach a seminar course at Washington University, and they're very bright people, typically. And it's how to be successful at WashU. Okay. Which is hard (laughs) because uh, you have to more or less read and learn about 400 pages a week on average.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a lot. It's,
1: it's it's a lot. So I always tell the students, you're going to be sick on this date and this date because this is midterms and this is final. And they're like, no, we won't. But yeah. They,
0: they are. They are. So there's Well, that. I can see it's probably a little exhausting.
1: Very exhausting. And especially if you're a, a twice exceptional learner, which is my specialty.
0: Right, right. And I love the fact that you call them twice exceptional learners. I love that term. That's an awesome term. I, I love when people take terms and, and put that positiveness in it, you know, because I think that that is helpful for everyone, you know, especially these people. Absolutely. Exactly. So um, are these people, I mean, are there IQs? Like, do they have like crazy high IQs?
1: They do. Uh, For the TEDx talk that's coming up, I'll be chatting briefly about Jimmy. He's a little eight-year-old person. And as soon as I met Jimmy, I knew I was in the presence of greatness. I mean, you could just tell now, my staff knew he gave me the headache because he was very <laughs> difficult to work right. with. But his IQ was about 158, 100 being an average score. His math score was 172.
0: Oh wow!
1: Jimmy could do math in his head without writing it down, and he was doing math that the WashU students can't do with a with a pencil and paper.
0: So, what is it about numbers? I, I feel like uh, a lot of people that have very high IQs just they, they get numbers.
1: That's true. I think to a large uh, degree they do. And it's probably because they're highly visual spatial and they can see the numbers and they can manipulate the numbers in their mind's eye.
0: Okay. And Um, are are they the people that like know everyone's like they're a walking phone book. They know everybody's phone number by heart and know their credit card number by heart.
1: They are, and we don't like them. <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, it's called eidetic imagery where people actually can memorize huge volumes of, of things, data and whatnot. There are other types of, of memory systems that are strong. There's an episodic memory, which is your life experience. Okay, You may have seen some of those folks on TVs where they know everything they've done every minute of their lives. So if you say, what were you doing April 18th of 1995? They'll say, oh, I was, what time of day? At 12 o'clock while I was standing in a line at the, the the lunch counter getting a turkey sandwich with, you know.
0: Wow, they'd be an excellent witness for something. Oh, they would. <laughs> I'm telling you. Really, now I got to yeah. tell you, I have never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of people that know exactly what, how, is there a time, do they remember as far back as their childhood? Or I mean, are they like, oh, when I was one.
1: Some. Some can do that. It It really? really developmentally starts probably about three and a half or four years of age.
0: Still, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, autobiographical memory. Uh, Mary Lou Henner is a, an actress yep. who has that. Okay. And she's written a book about it. There's a little guy here in St. Louis who was on the TV show that she did. He has that. It, it's pretty frustrating for the rest of the world because they're constantly trying to correct them. It's like, no, no, you didn't say this. I said this. You said that. It can but be they rough.
0: actually remember.
1: They do, and it's been tested that they are absolutely correct in that recall.
0: Does it affect them negatively? To I mean, is that to me? I mean, there's times where I feel like there's too much information in my head right now. Like I think I'm overwhelmed with information in my head right now, and I and I and I can feel myself dropping the ball on things because I'm trying to retain too much mm-hmm. in there at this point. I mean, did these people? Is that something they experience?
1: It is. Uh, In one instance, I spoke with a woman who had this capability, and she couldn't unlearn things. So she said, I learned it this way, one time, this way, another time, this way, another time. And I have to keep reminding myself which one of these am I supposed to use.
0: Oh, how interesting. Wow. So, I mean, I I would imagine it absolutely has to have some challenges with it.
1: It does, uh, and of course, those are very rare, you know, the, exceedingly rare in terms of the general population, but the the meta message, using a, a big word that I like to take to folks, and you've already really circled this topic, is that you have to work from your strengths and not be defined by your weaknesses or deficits, which is the opposite of the way the world works.
0: Yes, yes. So, you are a pioneer for changing that. I hope so. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm all for positive, yeah. Right, right. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Dr. Jim Russell. Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636 789 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. And we are back with Dr. Jim Russell. So I know you are going to be one of our TEDx speakers on December 10th. And tell me about the experience of, of it so far.
1: Well, It's uh, First off, the the people are so wonderful. I just want to be with them all the time. Oh, thank
0: you. (laughs) You you are. You're a
1: great group. And as you probably remember, I'm a reclusive introvert. So the first night I was like in shock trying to meet everybody and do all that stuff. And it felt so awkward. And I was going to quit. It's like, oh, I can't do this. The way they want this, I just can't do all these things. Well, I am able to do all these things. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a really good talk. But the experience of, of being with the facilitators and, and the feedback has been remarkable. No one has said anything to me that wasn't absolutely correct.
0: Oh, cool! Well, and we do. We work hard to make sure. I mean, our feeling is is that we're showcasing the amazing people of our area. But we and we but we want to help you shine, you know. And not everybody just oh, it, it, definitely not. People can't just get up and go. Okay, here's my TED talk. You know it, it a lot of work. It's a whole different world putting together a TED talk. Is it not?
1: It is. In fact, I showed up with the talk the first night ready to go.
0: <laughs> and then we go no, no. no, no. <laughs> and, no. and it's it's interesting because um, you know we get approached a lot by people like oh I have this great talk I have this great talk and I'm ready to go I can just stand up there and get it done and you really can't because a TED talk is very different than another talk. I mean, it what is. have you learned in the process?
1: So everything that I've done up to this point has been primarily education, mm-hmm. and so my slides are very complicated, and I never really thought much about that, but what I've learned is the beauty of simplicity in the slides. Right. And it, I talk about this, and we'll right away at the beginning of the talk, although I don't want it to be the focus, I'm actually severely dyslectic, so I'm one of the people that I'm talking about. Okay. I've lived the experience. Uh, And I've been watching lots and lots of TED Talks. Those are important where people tell their, their story. But really, this message is more important than I am. So I want to take the focus off of me. But a funny thing is that I didn't realize that the E stood for entertainment. I thought it stood for education.
0: Ah, uh, and and people do. Yeah, people do think that.
1: So that's one thing I learned right away. It's <laughs> entertainment, was, I, it was one of the facilitators, and I could feel the sweat coming down my face. You can't see this because it's the radio, but there was a, a drip of sweat coming down my face as she pointed that out, and it's like so. I actually worked that into the talk. Uh, so the the thing is learning this simplicity learning the timing, uh, just all the physical gestures that I just ignored, and it makes the talk so much better. Right, So lining all that up, learning about action words and punctuating, this is a real hoot. The last session that I went to, and I'm gonna mess her name up, but Ms. Matthews, I think is the acting coach. Um, She said, now look, this is gonna sound silly, but this breathing thing is super important. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's really gonna be important. It has been huge. It's helped so much to know how to breathe deep, and fill the basket and then project.
0: Oh wow. No, it's, it's, so now that, yeah. I haven't even heard this one. Yeah. So so that's to help you kind of regulate because I you've seen people before that have gotten up on a stage and they're like and you can tell they're not breathing cuz you know they're trying to talk too fast or they're not sure they're doing something right. That would make complete sense to me.
1: And and she even described exactly what you're saying. Again, we're on radio, but when you feel that tightness in the top of your chest, it tells you you're not doing diaphragm breathing. Right. And I am I I actually had a panic attack one time. In in front of a 100,000 people on TV. So it's it's oh, something that's not golly. a good experience. Yeah,
0: right.
1: Um, so I was thinking, in using this breathing technique, it almost avoids the chance of getting too anxious. So your body's How like, cool. the air in. yeah. And I would have not thought that was important if I'd read that in a book because I bought the books, How to Give a TED Talk. Right, you right, know. exactly. I'm reading all this stuff, but that was such good advice. So I just keep learning and learning. I mean, really, it's an incredible journey, but make no mistake, there's a good Deal of work.
0: Oh, it's a it's a commitment, and I think the and the thing I think that I feel most of our speakers get by the end is they they're like, yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was worth it. It it is it's something that gets you out of your comfort zone. So I often talk about getting out of your comfort zone is really a good thing. This is where you learn things. This is where you take everything up to that next level. But while you're doing it, you're like, this is not very comfortable. (laughs) So thank you for putting in this work. I mean, it says a lot. And, uh, and, and obviously, I mean, we feel that what you have to offer is important and we want to, we want people to experience it and get to hear it and get to learn from it. The whole idea behind it is changing people's perspectives on things, which I have a feeling your talk is going to do.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Get the message out.
0: About twice exceptional people.
1: Nice exceptional human beings.
0: Well, we're going to take another quick break, and we will be right back with Dr. Jim Russell and some questions. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. And we're back with Dr. Jim Russell and I have some questions for you, sir. So i reading what you have done over the years, you have worked with people that have a d h d Is there something that we don't know i I feel like there's lots of uh information out there that may be misleading. Is there one particular piece of information you want to say kate okay, let let me let me shine some light on all this for you
1: Oh, it's a super question. Yes, there is. So if you have, the old name is ADD, which mm-hmm. was perfect. They've changed it to ADHD, which confuses everyone. Right. So some people uh, will say, well, I'm not hyperactive. And it's like, I get that, but the H shows up in the name. So just say ADD, but know that the new name is ADHD. That's okay. That's number one. All right. Number two, you can be super focused and still have ADHD. Really? Yes. And in fact, the problem is then it really should be attention variability and not attention deficit. So it's putting too much focus on one thing, exhausting yourself and having no focus left for something else.
0: Now so. that is interesting. So I want to know more about this because, um, because people have accused me <laughs> of having ADD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I can focus. I mean, if I am writing a blog or you know I'm in front of my computer doing something, I can be, I can be so focused. I will not hear you, and, and I don't want to hear you. I'm, I, I will also look at you and go, shh. I got to get this done. <laughs> you know, I, I and if I get out of that space, if you get me out of my space, I get confused and I have to go back in. Does that have anything to do with this?
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. Probably not. Okay. You're, you're good. probably just a really focused person, which is an asset. But um, the, the thing is, with uh, uh, ADHD, if there isn't suffering, you probably don't have it.
0: The, see, this is kind of what I thought. This is, and my daughter keeps thinking she has ADHD. And I'm like, it seems by now you're 14. Mm-hmm. And by now it seems that a teacher or someone at school would have approached me and said, hey, we need to take a look at a few things. And that has not happened.
1: Well, I, I hate to say this, but um, I would still probably have a screening done for your daughter. Okay. I get three medical students every year who've never been diagnosed anywhere.
0: Thank you for that. And yes, I will go get her screened then. So don't feel like you hate to say that. That's good advice for me. Thank you.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and so the, there are a couple of other things. But you know, typically, uh, the things to look for are time management problems, mm-hmm. organization problems, task completion problems they usually go with it okay now with the population that i specialize twice exceptional human beings they can be so bright that they uh, the cutoff points are the sixth grade the ninth grade the first year of college the first year of graduate school those are where the jumps occur that okay. compensatory strategies can no longer get you through Wow. And I, and I really listen to parents more so than than teachers because here's another profile. They're perfect human beings at school all day long. They're working, using a tremendous amount of energy. They come home and they're terrors because they're absolutely exhausted.
0: Oh, got ya. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. She's not a terror, thank goodness. Mm. Cool. <laughs> She's quite charming at all times. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Great information. Yeah. Um. Okay, so speaking, so you were talking about the education system and I am interested, I mean, I hear parents all the time talking about the IEPs, the IEPs. I hear um, many of them are not real happy with the IEPs. I mean, do you have any ideas or, around this for helping schools, parents with this whole IEP thing?
1: Wow. Well, well <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. So I'm not certain that I do have much good counsel, but what I would tell parents is it's really important to know the big picture that the folks who are in special education are wonderful people. Right, They're all good. They have a budget that would make most of us just quit on life. And it's really a matter of economics. And so what I would say is the one thing possibly that families can do is work with the electorate and work with the folks that appropriate funding for education. And I don't want to get geopolitical here, but we don't put enough funding into special education. So a lot of times they're saying no because they simply have no budget to do what they have to do. Oh, gosh. Now, having... And, and said it's that. well
0: and it, yeah, so I get that part. Okay.
1: So you, you really have to just be an implacable wall and say, I'm not going away. My child needs this service and right. make a case for them. And if you do that and you push and you push, something else that most people don't want to hear is there are families where I say, look, if you can't afford this, go private school because they will do this depending on, on the school and it's going to make your life better because everything in special ed is built on precedent. Okay. If it's approved in the sixth grade, the chances are it will keep going and going and going, where if it isn't approved in the sixth grade, and I'm just throwing that grade out, it's harder to get the services later on. And part of my TEDx talk, and only just a little part, is going to be about what I call the alphabet tests. If okay. there are three or four letters in the name, and you can think of those very quickly, that's a huge problem for a person who is undiagnosed, or underserved. When they get to those time tests, life can get really miserable.
0: Oh. Well, and why? Do you know why?
1: I do. There are fast thinkers and there are slow thinkers. We need both types of human beings. Sure. But some people have a capacity for endurance that those tests don't measure.
0: Interesting.
1: So the, the person who can do an alphabet test, and I won't mention the names, and I've, I've actually trained several of those groups. They're good people. You know they're, They have a mission to do too. Uh, if you do the test in two or three hours and you make a high grade, that's great. We want you in our society. We need you in our society. Exactly. But, but there's a human being that will sit there for 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours and do the test. We want those people as well. Right. Well, they're not going to score very high under the regular standardized time. They're slow at processing. Okay. Which is a different part of the brain than your intelligence. They're completely different separate functions
0: got yeah yeah that is so interesting and and it says a lot i mean you know we as a society and i mean i feel many of us anyway we we talk about how much we want diversity but you know i can see where people like 12 hours no we just don't have 12 hours for you (laughs) so can you divide it up for them can you say we're gonna test you for x amount of time over the over the course of these days Sure. Is that is that an acceptable way to?
1: It's to an do actual that? accommodation. Some people take the, the alphabet tests over separate days, and, and it really does, in effect, give you that same benefit of being able to just really uh, think deeply okay. uh, about things. So, yeah, that, that does happen.
0: Cool. Yeah. All right. We have one more question for you. Sure. And it has to do with your hats. Yes. I have seen many pictures of you, always with a different hat on. Right. How many hats do you have?
1: <laughs> Well, I have 52E hats that uh, are going to be given out at the next talk. Yay. <laughs>
0: can uh, I be in the front row? <laughs> you can. And I'll
1: make sure that you get one of the 2E hats. Um I I probably do have about 25 hats and this is really this is a terrible thing to have to admit publicly but I will. <laughs> there, I needed to market myself some number of years ago. I'm 6'4", so I have that going for me, and the person said, always wear a suit, which I do, and they said, wear a baseball cap, because you don't see very many 6'4", suited people wearing baseball caps, and it has worked so well. I'll be in a grocery store, and somebody's like, there's Dr. Jim, you know, and they see me coming. It's really strictly marketing.
0: Well... I don't, don't be ashamed to admit that because I mean, to me, that's a really important part of, of talking about, it's like being who you are, showing who you are and getting people interested in what you do. And, you know, I, I sit here before you as a bald woman and I just always have, you know, some kind of something on my head and people remember me because of that. You can't Miss the bald lady sitting there with something on her head. And I always mm-hmm. tell them like, I always have a scarf on my head. I always have a scarf on my head. You can't miss me, you know. But I call it God's marketing plan because I didn't plan on going bald. <laughs> it just <laughs> happened for me. But still, I think that that's a really cool thing. And I tell people this all the time. What can you do to make yourself memorable? Right. Because you have an important message for the world, so you have to have a way to make yourself memorable so that people have a connection of some sort. Like, oh, he that's what he does. So good for you.
1: Yeah. Well, well, you know, God probably just figured that you have a perfect head.
0: Ah, uh, so true. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Jim. Sure. <laughs> well, I i really appreciate you being here today, and I so am looking forward to your talk and on behalf of TEDx Gateway Arch, thank you, because I, I know we're stretching you a bit, and you've been hanging in there, and we so appreciate it. Cannot wait to see you on stage on December 10th.
1: You are very welcome.
0: Have an awesome day out there, everybody. You are listening to Mishmash. Please find us on iTunes and subscribe, and have an awesome day.